for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? It is Soccer Chat, your weekly soccer coaching podcast brought to you for free every single week by the good folks at social media for the high school athletes check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media at hs social media because then you can check out the show for free every single week wherever you get your podcast at whether it's on itunes google play stitcher tune in radio iheart radio or even spotify we want to know where you're getting it from, and it's all because of the good folks at Social Media for High School Athletes. So make sure to give them a shout. Let them know that you're listening to the show. There is an archive. You can go back, listen to every single show. You're not going to pay for that content. We're putting it out for free because of the folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. So make sure to go back, listen. If this is your first one you've ever listened to, go back to number one with Scott Phipps and check it out. Just like absolutely, uh, you're going to love everything that you hear it, it, it's it's good shows good times and nick and i have somewhat gotten and better at this as we've went on in these episodes now he is nick i am sean and this is a listener supported podcast supported by people just like you i almost forgot that part and the best way you can support us is by sharing the links every single week when we put the show out make sure to share those out and make sure to give us a nice little quote tweet with your favorite quote or something that you took away from the show so as i said he's nick i'm sean nick how are you doing this evening i i mean i don't want to open up a can but i'm i'm probably doing better than you're doing this evening i mean I, i'm i'm not too bad you know I, I, okay, so we're we're recording this on Wednesday night, and the Duke game just got over with. And as I explained to Nick, like thirty eight seconds in the game, I just absolutely lost it. Like I didn't care about the game anymore because I'm concerned about a great kid's well being, and is what it is. But you know, send our wishes out to him. And I told my uh, superstitious stories about when certain things happen, um, and we'll just we'll sit back and wait. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for you, man. I, I <laughs> it's not even I don't I don't even coach the team. I mean, no, but I feel I feel like we're in this together. So, <laughs> are you are you slowly becoming a Duke fan? I I've always I would say like, um, I like this is gonna sound like the biggest. I I sincerely like repeatedly successful teams. I think I've said. Oh yeah, that. you've mentioned that you like yeah. dynasties. Yep. And so, yeah, like I wouldn't say like I'm a Duke fan. Like I'm not going to like, I'm going to root for the game they play in to be an awesome game every single time. And if they win, I won't like, I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing too is it actually made me think of, um, uh, so by this time, like everybody's probably seen a replay of Zion Williamson shoe breaking, uh, well breaking <laughs> it exploded, yeah, uh, which led to the injury. And it made me think of, uh, of soccer things. And this is actually how we're tying all this basketball stuff into soccer. Um, was I thought about, uh, my last training session in college before my last game and we were doing some type of activity and I had these, the original, um, Nike R9 mercurials and like the front of the foot where the spikes were at. Um, was like a triangle piece and my, I had like planted to do something and the whole like triangle. So like basically everything from like the spike that goes underneath your toes to like maybe a third of the way through your foot, like just completely fell off. And like my foot was just like hanging on the bottom of the, uh, out of the shoe. And I've thought of like other times where I've seen players like 
the soles bust out or like the the front bust open and you always see the players that have like uh the, the cleats with the the electric tape on the on the front or the duct tape on the front uh do you ever have any uh shoe explosions when you play i wouldn't say a full explosion like i wore like I don't know like, if anybody's ever had shoe explosion like what Zion Williamson had. Oh no, I think gone. Um, but <laughs> no, I like I I was a person that I like there. I don't know. We have girls on our team that like love new cleats. I hate new cleats so much. I would become so accustomed to how the ball played on the cleats that I had that I would wear those thing into the ground. Like it was just one of those things where I, I couldn't. I, I hated new cleats. I would, and if I got a pair of cleats and I liked them, I would buy three pairs so I could just have a new pair as soon as I wore through the last pair. I think I had a friend that I played high school with that, um, I want to say the shoes he had when we were in high school were ones he had like the year or two before that for his club team. And then I'm fairly certain he also wore them for like at least three years in college too. So like, I, I can I can see where you get that at. Yeah. I mean, like it, I, the other thing that like bugs me is like the people that would have like practice cleats and game cleats. I was like, dude, if I'm practicing in these and I'm getting used to like how the ball, like, cause every cleat, the ball will come off it differently. I, I don't know. I had to wear the same cleats all the time. Yeah. It's um, I, I did different cleat every year. I couldn't do too many. I, I, I would normally um, I would wear my shoes for a season and then I would use them the following year for like training shoes. And I normally got like the same type of shoe for like every year. Like I think I had the R9s literally from junior year of high school all the way through my entire college career up until the very last game. I had to get new boots the night before and I went with Nike Tempos. And I was like, oh, where have these been on my whole life? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be uh, the route that uh, that I would have went. And that's our um, our shoe debacle stories. Uh, try to figure out how we can tie this news breaking uh, incident. And now everybody's going to be talking about like, Oh, the the worst part was as soon as it happened, how many people were like, Oh, Nikes are crap. And it's like, come on. Like it, it's still like, it doesn't matter the shoe. Like it's still a rubber piece of material and leather or whatever. Like it, it's not indestructible. It's not carbon. It's not, shoes are not made out of carbon fiber. No. Maybe I'll that's know if the they next were, step. I'd really like it. That's maybe that's the next stage. <laughs> that is kangaroo, that. kangaroo leather to start the two thousands, carbon yes. fiber to end them. Yes, 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 yes. Um. So tonight's soccer chat was pretty cool, dude. Blowing up again, all you yeah. people out there making this awesome. We really appreciate it. It's been just incredible the amount of different people that have been on over the last few weeks a ton of new people again. It's, it's really cool. Uh, and also I just found out, uh, this comes out on Thursday. So that means you are also featuring in another podcast. I will. I, nice. I, I just, I'm with John Pranich on the three, four, three podcast tomorrow. How, how bad do you bury our show? Oh, like, what do you mean? Like, how do you dog it? Like bury, like, as in like, Oh my God, our show's horrible. <laughs> no we actually didn't we talked he was really good because we we talked about a bunch of stuff and to be honest i did such a if i'm a person that's supposed to be plugging our show i did such a bad job we just didn't talk about you it you gotta be kidding me you gotta plug man <laughs> say again you gotta plug we at the end if, if you guys have to stick around it's 
to the end. Stick around like the 45, 50 minute mark. We we definitely plug it a bit at the end. My heart hurts. I, th- yeah, I thought we I mean, could like, talk to you something. Yes, like, but you know, like you're the same way. Like it's you start talking about things you're passionate about, and then you kind of forget why you should be. I always, always got a plug. Got a plug. We'll keep we'll keep working with you on that. You'll get you'll get that eventually. Um, and speaking of of working, I think we've got a cool little show lined up for you guys. Uh it's a two-parter, a couple of interviews that we did during uh, the Chicago uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention. And I know what you're thinking, man, like that was a long time ago. We recorded a lot of shows. Um, so we're going to break these two for you. And we're going to bring out a, a good friend of ours uh, who I you hopefully have heard his show before, Sean Danhauser. And Sean was awesome enough to find us uh, some more people who are, who are movers and shakers within the top soccer realm. Uh, and I think you're really going to enjoy listening to him. And uh, since this is a two-parter, we're going to play that interview now, and then we'll come back, we'll chat, and then we'll come back with the next interview, and it's all coming up. Something that we've really gotten into recently, especially after the Sean Danhauser episode. Holy crap! There's Sean Danhauser himself. <laughs> Hi there. And you know, we we couldn't just have two Sean's as before. We had to go out and get three Sean's, but we do have with us uh, a group from the top soccer around the country. So if you guys would, we know Sean. You guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Sean Addison, I'm the Indiana chairman for Top Soccer. I'm on the Midwest Regional Board with Sean. Uh, Megan Ward, I'm with Wisconsin Youth Soccer, and I am also on the board with uh, Sean. I don't know how we have a group of five people and we're outnumbered by Sean. <laughs> it's probably the first time in my life. It's probably the first time in the apocalypse, <laughs> really. So. And, and all three Sean's are spelled differently. Right. Yeah. Although I do have a way, I, as we say in our show, that spelling hurts a little bit. Well, it's but. the correct way, so you know. Uh, we know. All right. We'll talk soccer. Let's talk soccer. Let's talk soccer before the city further. Uh, so obviously you guys are involved with Top Soccer, a program that's very near and dear to your hearts, and, and we've really picked up on it as well uh, recently. You guys have a bunch of events coming up, but you also, um, it's almost kind of like, and then Sean and I were talking a couple weeks ago, it's almost like now there's this campaign. We want to get more coaches involved, you know, club coaches, high school coaches, college coaches, just coaches in general, people getting involved uh, with the Top Soccer. So like especially, maybe specifically whether it's your group or other groups if somebody's wanting to get involved how can they do so and not also why why get involved as well awesome uh well let me take the lead on that um we want to get more and more people involved uh, especially the high school and the college coaches uh they bring like a real legitimacy to to our programming and uh they're uh we don't we don't even need like a huge commitment of time from them if they just come out with their players that's awesome. We will use that and have a great time with that. If they actually want to maybe like run a session every now and then, 
that takes a you know a little bit of the burden off the, the usual coaches. So we, we appreciate that as well. Um, to find us, basically, I think the best way, honestly, is whatever state you're located in, um, go to the Youth State Association website. There's going to be a page about top soccer. There's usually at least one contact name there. You could co- contact any of them, but usually we'll also have the programs listed out there. Find one that's near you. Reach out to the, the name there. They will jump at the chance to have you guys be involved. Here's what I'll tell, and I said this a little bit on the show that we did with Sean. We I, we took a team that I had. That's actually how I met Sean. Gosh, it's crazy it's been that long. It's probably been like six years, seven years. And it is one of the most rewarding experiences you will have. I, I mean, I got to imagine for you guys, being able to do it every day has got to be one of the coolest things ever. But our players, when we left, I think, and again, it's it's something that, like, they weren't apprehensive. They were really nervous. Like, it's, it's, they've never typically worked with a group like that before and after we got there they started playing with the kids one the kids some of the kids are really good and so like they're like oh man like these kids are really legit and they had a lot of fun with that but like everyone after we left couldn't have said enough good things about that experience and I really I think that's a huge testament to all the work that you guys do and it just really builds a relationship that these kids, especially the college players, they're going to get more out of it than they give. 100% they will get more out of it than they give, and it's been pretty cool. And, and if I if I could just kind of dovetail off to that, um, Sean in Indiana with his his There's local. Two Sean's from Indiana here. That, okay, uh, Sean, Sean Adams. Sean, that's important right now. Yeah, <laughs> the, the important Sean at the at this time. Uh, uh, he runs a program um, in the Indianapolis area, um, but he's doing something really cool uh, leadership wise with his volunteers. You want to tell him a little bit about your like your leadership council that you yeah. created and. Are working on? Yeah, so what we've kind of done is, uh, and I actually stole this uh, from a top soccer program out in Arizona, they do a peer leadership uh, board. So I took a bunch of high school kids, uh, a group of seven kids who wanted to get more involved, they wanted more ownership over the program, and so I've done that. We, we meet every once in a while, we have a group chat where we just talk about how they can get involved, and I kind of presented it to them like... You can have as much involvement in this as you want or as little involvement in this as you want. And uh, they kind of took it and ran with it. So uh, this past Christmas, we had our final uh, Christmas party session, and they took it and they organized everything along with my help. And it was one of the best things that we did. We had Santa Claus come. We had a bunch of different games, an obstacle course. Uh, Indy 11 came with a big inflatable, and it was an awesome time. But... uh, what, what is incredible about it is seeing a group of high school kids take ownership in it. And it's not just something they come and help out with on a weekly basis. It's something that they think about uh, throughout their lives and they think about how they can impact those kids. Uh, and it's really exciting to see their involvement. I would say that was amazing to even see when we did a few years back. I remember because you've always had, what, uh, they're called buddies? Yeah, we yeah, buddies. buddies, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember seeing them, and they were younger than the players that we brought. And the maturity of the buddies that you guys had, I just remember looking at it, I was like, dude, can you come play for me? Or at least, like, tell my players how to act on a daily basis because they, the things that – and that's so cool that you're getting them involved. It's so funny. We talk all the time. Like, you hear everyone, this, new, this next generation, this next generation coming through. And then you find people like that, and you're like, yep, they're going to be okay. This group's going to be just fine. I'm actually surprised you didn't recruit them at that time. <laughs> 
head coach uh, at Monmouth uh, would would definitely have yes, done that. Yes. You know? yes, absolutely, absolutely. Coach of the year at Monmouth. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Not this year, but last year. Yeah. yeah. We'll get, he'll get it back next year. Redemption. Redemption. <laughs> so so uh, you guys had mentioned kind of before we recorded, but you do have some events coming up. Uh, for for people to get involved, and you know, what are, what are those uh, those events that uh, people can, can hook up to? So we, we got a couple of cool ones coming up. Um, uh, Megan and I, uh, we the quiet one of this group. The so quiet one. Well, it's, it's only quiet until she gets going. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's got plenty to do. Um, so we are working together with uh, another uh, soccer chat alum, uh, hey. Shannon Smith. She's part hey, of a little hey, group. I love Shannon. Our plastic patty. Um, she, uh, so we're organizing a, a border battle event between Illinois Tops Kids versus Wisconsin Tops Kids. This is uh, going to be our third, oh, I've been this. our third year that we'll, we'll be offering it. In the last two years, uh, we've been in Illinois. Now we're finally getting it up to the Milwaukee area. Um, why don't you tell them a little bit about like the, the, where we're having it and what, what we're going to do with the kids. Yeah, so we'll be at um, E-Lime Soccer Park on the north side of Milwaukee, and they're great. They have a huge outdoor facility, and they also have three indoor turf fields. Uh, they're not full-size fields. Um, they're pretty similar to something that would be like a hockey rink, so there's boards around the outside and their turf on the inside, but um, we're going to do a skills session, and then we're going to also do a skills competition for some of the more competitive kids, but we're also going to run two games. We're going to have a competitive uh competitive game and we're also going to have a buddy assisted game for all the kids that are in attendance um uh, we have a local vendor stefan soccer who has this amazing players lounge they're going to come and set up um so the kids are going to have access to that just like we would run at our state championship tournament um we're going to have a pizza party afterwards it's it's going to be a lot of fun we're really excited to host uh this is going to be the first one hosted in wisconsin and you know every kid walks away with a cool t-shirt at a battle um it's always a great event, um, and in to you know after that in June uh, we uh, also have a what we're calling the Midwest Regional Championship Series Top Soccer Showcase. So in the midst, I love long names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Really we names. got we, we got to work on the. Acronym, I want the right? T-shirt that has it like, across the entire thing. Like, so, it's his favorite. So this this is something uh, Sean and I were involved with, uh, and Megan too. Megan was there um, last year. It was the first time we did it. Uh, typically in the Midwest Regional Championship Series, uh, they play Saturday, Sunday, take a day off, and then whoever's made the semifinals, they play knockout until there's a champion. On that Monday, it's a day of rest, so to speak. This year, we decided all the referees and all the top soccer kids that we could get, primarily from the Indianapolis area, but we had some other people traveling in. Um, we had some crazy amount of events, and we had knockout competition games for a regional championship so That's super cool so we had uh i think i think the two teams uh that were playing at them we had like an all-star team versus uh, a team from the indianapolis area uh great event went to overtime uh the beauty of it is that uh the girl that scored the winning goal scored it on her own team uh, <laughs> i had already pre-arranged with both teams that like if if you score if you get the goal in overtime i want you to rush the camera you celebrate. No one knew what to do because they were like, "Okay, what? Well, what about this situation? We didn't. We hadn't <laughs> planned on that." But uh, I think that was an amazing uh, event we did. Uh, why don't you, uh, Sean? Why don't you tell them a little bit about like, you know, your thoughts on how that went and what what we're going to do uh, and where we're going to do it this year? Yeah. So this year we're in Saginaw, Michigan, uh, and like Sean said, it takes place during the regional championships uh, and. 
the coolest part about this is the amount of people that we're able to involve in top soccer who wouldn't normally be involved in top soccer. Uh, the referees were incredible. The atmosphere. Uh, if you watch the videos that uh, some of us have posted on Facebook of that event, it's incredible to see uh, the amount of cheering and how loud it was uh, at Grand Park this summer. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, we had over 100 referees watching the games, referees involved as buddies, uh, then actually refing the games, and uh, it was an incredible experience. But the thing that I got the most from that is so many people have asked me, uh, one, how to get involved, and then two... Uh, why we started getting involved and everybody has a story and I I think that the important thing is that I've started to tell people is I don't really have a great story of why I started doing top soccer but I'm a soccer coach this is my this is what I do for a living and my job as a soccer coach is to expose more and more kids to soccer and and that doesn't matter where that kid is in life I, I want to bring this game to these athletes. And so uh, if you're looking for a reason why to do it, why is because I love this game and I love sharing this game with other people regardless of where they are in life. And so uh, we did we did an awesome job at the, at the first event, and I think it's going to be incredible again to bring in teams who are at the regional showcases and let them take back that experience to their club uh, and hopefully start their own top soccer programs. There was one club there that I know you guys kind of have a, an affiliation with, uh, Papioni. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Cup, Cup showed up, an entire girls team, and we weren't really prepared for them. They're like, we want to volunteer right now. So we had to ask a bunch of referees, like, would you mind sitting it out and letting the kids do it? And they were like, yeah, fantastic. It worked out so good. And, uh, yeah, the support was amazing. They, they were all doing the Viking claps. It was thunderous. And uh, I get chills just thinking about it. It was so meaningful and impactful. It was great. So, so if uh, somebody's in your guys' area and they want to contact you to get involved with your top soccer programs, how can they do so? Why don't you start, Sean? Yeah, so uh, I would do, contact me through either the State Association, which uh, is Sean at uh, soccerindiana.org, or my uh, club, Indy Premier. Uh, I do, I'm a full-time coach at Indy Premier, so I do a lot of work there. Uh, and that would be sean.addison at indypremierasc.org. Um, for me, you could contact uh, Wisconsin Youth Soccer Association um, via call. Uh, my email is mward, W-A-R-D, at wiyouthsoccer.com. Otherwise, you can reach out on uh, social media via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And then probably just keep it short and simple, uh, my program is called Chicago Top Soccer. Go to chicagotopsoccer.com. You'll, you'll find my contact information there. I want to help you. We all want to help people get involved, so don't be shy. If you're even thinking about doing it, you want to do it. Trust me. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, if you're listening to this and you want to get involved with a great program, do it. Get involved. Like Sean said during this interview, because I actually went back and listened to our show uh, that we did a while ago. It'll change your coaching life. All the things that you have with your club team, with your high school team, with your college team, the negativity that you're constantly around. Turn that around, get positive, and you're going to get that from working with Top Soccer. Guys, thank you so much for coming out here and talking to us. And uh, make sure to get involved with Top Soccer. If you're going to do anything, listen to this podcast. Get involved with Top Soccer right now. What?
again, it's, it's not too often that we end a show and I like, I, I just have the desire to go do something. You know, like it's sometimes we just talk to really fun people. And, but every time I talk to Sean, I'm just like, I need to get out there and go do something to try to affect people in it just a minimal way compared to what him and the people of top soccer do. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, uh, I, I think I mentioned too, like when we interviewed him before, like I kind of had heard what top soccer was, didn't really know much about it. Uh, and then like, I've noticed myself, it's kind of like, it, this is such a bad comparison. So my, my wife's kind of in the market for a new car. And so she sends me like links of these cars that she likes. Well, when she sends them to me, what do I notice every time that I'm driving? Uh, Those specific cars. So like, let's say, for example, she sends me a um, a Chevy Silverado. I'm going to notice every Chevy Silverado. <laughs> and so, and, and that's, uh, that's not what she sent me, but the, the vehicles that she sent me, I literally have seen more of them in the last two weeks than I've seen in my entire life. Um, and it's the same thing with top soccer, you know, talking to Sean, getting interested or getting more interested in it. I found myself like reaching out for more and, and, you know, finding out about the one in Michigan when I was there and then, you know, and then getting to talk with Sean Addison, um, cause we were so smart and had three guys named Sean on the show, uh, you know, <laughs> getting to talk with, with him. Uh, and if, you know, finding out, you know, he's just a couple hours away from me and, and wanting to try to get involved with him sometime, uh, with the program he's got up there. So you, I, I find myself how you always talk about with the the show and, and you get to know these coaches, you get to know their teams and you want to start rooting for them. And I notice myself is when I, we do these interviews, I end up seeing it everywhere. And like, you know, now I, I find I'm finding top soccer from all around the country and just seeing how they do things and, and just amazed by such an incredible program that I think needs a lot more publicity than what it's getting. Yeah. And I, and I think that, the nice thing about the way they talked about it is they're not forcing it on anyone. You know, it's, it's not something where it's, it, it, you feel like afterwards that you're being coerced into doing something the way they describe it and explain it, just, it makes you want to go and do it. You know, it just, it, it makes you want to go and be a part of something special. Yeah. And it, it just, as we've said before, we had shot on the show and as you heard from, uh, you know, the passion that that these three spoke with, you know, if, if there is a top soccer in your area, go get involved. And, you know, and, and Sean Danhauser, I got to clarify that every time we say Sean's now, you know, Sean will tell you if you reach out to him. And I know that he said this on our show, the joy that you will get out of coaching and working with top soccer is is second to none you know you come home from you know if you're coaching your high school team or your club team or, or your college team whatever and you're upset for whatever reason or you know parents are nagging and and players are nagging whatever it may be you coach the top soccer kids you leave happy and 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 to to possibly think about being a person who is around that all the all the time and like that's all you coach like that's such a blessing and and, and such a world where coaching is coaches are so looked down upon and chastised for every little move that you make, you know, working with, with a group like top soccer, like what a great way to, you know, keep your sanity, I guess, uh, would be the, uh, would be the thing I think. I think, yeah, no, absolutely. And again, they're, they do such an incredible job and just hopefully you got the same exact message that we got and just, it it makes you want to go be a part of it. And be a part of it. It was the, uh, the Nick Rizzo special, 
uh, coming up here. We have a, a, an awesome guest that we got lined up with via the United Soccer Coaches uh, Convention app. Uh, Nick's main man, Dan, Dan Abrams, uh, got on with us. And, uh, you know, kind of uh, what was your thoughts going into the interview? Not so much uh, what you learned from it, but kind of going into it. What were you uh, expecting or what were you looking forward to? I mean, it's I don't this. I don't know if I've ever talked to someone who I've read their book before. That sounds no. weird, right? No, not at all. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever spoke with someone who I had read their book before I spoke with them. So for me, it was kind of cool because like all I'd, I'd never heard this guy talk before. All I'd ever had was I like, I'd, I've read, I think I've read a few of his, I'd have to look back, but I've read soccer tough. That was the one I remember the most of. Um, I think soccer brain was his too, but um, yeah, no. So it was cool. Like going in, it was just, I don't, I didn't really know what to expect because like, if you've only ever read someone's written word, you don't, know a ton about them and so i'm sorry i didn't let you ask like any questions the entire no 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 it, there's certain episodes <laughs> that there's certain interviews that we do that i can just tell like this is this is nicks and just you know i can normally tell from like the questions that you ask and i like i've said before like i know when to just to fade in the into the back and let you do your thing uh because you bring a lot more uh seriousness and professionalism to to your soccer chat than i do so uh let's go check that one out now here we go it's the uh uh the nick rizzo hour and dan abrams featuring a little cameo uh by yours truly this was someone that was going to come and talk to us I was like why would this person actually come talk to us I'm, I'm looking forward to the $5,000 check <laughs> that's what it was that's out of uh, Nick will have that Nick yeah, will have that. yeah <laughs> soon in like five years you'll, you'll see it in, you'll see it a little bit down the road okay but, invoices usually yeah. 30 days, not five years, but I'll go with that. It's fine. But we have with us the very, very popular Dan Abrams, and and Dan, for us, this is such a pleasure and honor to have you on with us. Uh, when it comes to professional development within coaching, your name is brought up normally one A, one B in that. So for the coach who's listening to this, who doesn't know of what you're doing and, and how you help out, uh, just kind of explain uh, what it is that that, that you are doing. Well, look, in a nutshell, and first of all, honoured to be on, guys. Thank you for inviting me on. In a nutshell, I'm a sports psychologist, uh, and I'm, I'm 
passionate about demystifying psychology. Psychology comes with a real burden of definition. It's a, it's a scary word, and I'm passionate about demystifying it for coaches, for players as well. But you know, for coaches, I'm here with 11,000 coaches, and I'm just passionate to to help you guys be the best that you can be as a psychosocial coach. You know, help you help players be really mentally good. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I do. What does, uh, you know, for someone who may not be here right now, you know, you have done some, some speaking engagements here. Sure. Uh, kind of what is a, a quick uh, synopsis about uh, what it is you are presenting at convention? Sure. Well, I presented yesterday, and that was on my psychosocial model because I'm passionate about coaches. I take a little slightly different viewpoint of coaching because I think in coaching we're kind of socialized into the tech, tech, and physical side. And I'm like, whoa, stop. You know, let's actually deconstruct that model and actually let's put the psychosocial underneath the tech tech and, and physical and say that the psychosocial drives the tech tech and social. Sorry, the tech tech and physical. I think that when you're on the pitch, every single second, every single second is, is psychosocial. It's always happening, whether it's through your teaching, through players' learning. Uh, whether it's through confidence and focus, whatever it might be, you need players who are mentally skillful. You need players to be able to learn effectively. You need to be able to teach effectively. You need to be able to help players grow their confidence, pinpoint their focus, play with intensity. So all that stuff is so important. So I say this to all of your listeners, listen, put the psychosocial first. And then yesterday I was talking about little things to do to be able to do that. So I was talking about that yesterday, and then today I was talking about redefining competitiveness. The competitiveness is not the will to win. It's not having a winning mindset. It's actually putting mindset first. It's actually structuring the mindset of your players, helping them know what they've got to do on the pitch. This is what I do with Premier League players. Is I want my Premier League players to know exactly what they've got to do mentally on the pitch. Put that first. When you do that, you give yourself the best opportunity to perform at or closer to your best. So that's kind of what that that that's been my rambles the last two days. That's awesome. When like at what point in your life did you decide that was something you were gonna do? Where you're like, was it just one day? You're like, man, there's so many there's so many things out there that I need to I need to help with. Or was it you? Like, did you stumble upon it? I'm such a nice guy. I'm just gonna help. Everybody. Yeah, I'm just gonna help everyone. That's no, I mean. you know what? You seem starts, like a nice guy. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I'd like to think I'm a nice guy, but it started with um, I was a professional golfer. That was my background. I wasn't a, a soccer player. I, I was certainly an armchair soccer fan. And as I said to you before going on air, I was a Spurs supporter yep. growing up in the '90s, which was very traumatic. So <laughs> clearly, I had to have psychological help there. Uh, but I was a professional golfer, and you know what? I always have a little bit of a joke about this. I was a bit of a rubbish professional golfer. I didn't win any money, and my ball striking ability good was good but it was what was going on between my two ears that was a problem so I, I when I stopped playing when it became apparent I was going to be skinned for the rest of my life if I kept going then I I coached the game and I just fell in love I fell in love with the psychological side of sport and so that that's really how it started was just an interest in 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 psychology of sport and then it, it, it grew from there and just really it, it's good to help others yeah well, I mean, there's that old saying in golf. I so I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's like any any amateur can go shoot 60 on their home course yeah. if no one there. But 
put them in front of 100 people or 1,000 people and they hit a bad shot, how do they perform at that level? I mean, it's, it's an incredibly mental sport. It is. It is. You know what? It's interesting because I have a lot of golfers say to me, how comes you work in soccer? Because, you know, we can see how golf is, is very mental. You're on your own. It's self-paced. It's slowed. us lots of time to think. But actually, soccer is extraordinarily psychological because it's a misunderstanding. When, when, when people say, yeah, but soccer's instinctive. It's quick. You know, what you've got to understand is while soccer works in seconds, you know, it takes a second to score a goal, to give the ball away, to complete a pass, the brain and the nervous system work in milliseconds. Yeah. So the brain trumps soccer for speed every single time. So soccer players have to be very good self-managers on the pitch. And if they're not, they're going to drown amid uncertainty and, and distraction and emotional, negative emotions. So it's and, and, and also there's a team element there whereby in golf you're on your own, you could hate everybody, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? But in soccer, wow, you've gotta you've gotta get on with people, you've gotta you've gotta be a team member, you've got to communicate. And a lot of your career, if you're a professional player, a lot of your career is out of your control. Yeah. If the manager decides, you know, I worked with a, a championship uh, footballer in England a few years ago who was, get this guys, he was the player of the season. He was a really good midfielder, playmaker. He was player of the season of, at his club. The following season, a new manager came in. He wanted to play a different style of soccer. He wanted to miss the midfield and, and, and play more direct, classic in England. Yeah. Not so much now, but we're getting better. And um, this, suddenly this guy had been, who'd been the best at his club, he'd been voted the best, he'd been player of the season. This manager said, you're not for me. You know, so suddenly this player's gone from up here to down there and it was out of his control so it can be extremely stressful so you know what soccer is very very psychological yeah well the, one of the things I, we, I went to a talk yesterday it was Becky Burley's talk and they were, she talked a little bit about that and she like, it was like I, I, I forget the exact way she worried but she asked like how we would we thought our players perceived failure or like what why why did they feel that they were a failure and i think like you just said the social aspects of that like i my exact answer was i think my players perceive failure based off of what they think i think of them and what they think other players think of them yeah yeah you know what uh, a classic stress response comes under this what will people think of me and what does somebody think of me that is almost like the number one that social comparison and that's the way our brain is wired yeah. because we're social creatures and we're trying to fit in with our social group and so our brain is wired to scan our environment and to pick up every single clue and cue that might demonstrate that ah oh, he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me or or the coach thinks I'm not very good or you know if I don't do so well today then the coach is going to drop me so we're, we're, we are hardwired to be like that how scary is that yeah. so and what we're not hardwired to do is actually to manage that effectively we need to we need to learn ways to manage our hardwiring which can be very maladaptive at times so yeah I absolutely think you're well, spot it's, on. It, it's really funny because like our self-esteem is based off of everything not about yourself it's it's all, all, all your self-esteem is based off of yeah. pretty much all external factors if you don't do it the right way yeah absolutely i'm constantly saying to players in the premier league you know a big default that they've got to start having is 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 to focus on them when they're thinking about their game they've got to focus on themselves you know how they can be the best individual that they can be and how they can be the best teammate they can be. But being a great teammate, this is what we get wrong sometimes, is being a great teammate, is, it does start with me. It does start with actually being selfless. can start with being selfish because you've got to, you've got to 
self-manage. You've got to be self-aware. You've got to be. You've got to understand yourself. When you understand yourself, you've got a better opportunity to be a great teammate because you know more about your personal characteristics. You know when you'll get a bit crabby. You know when you might have a go at somebody. You know when you might feel down or stressed. And so when you know that, you can manage it. When you can manage it, you can be a much better teammate. Yeah. What do you think are some of the things that we as coaches tend to struggle with in terms of the things that you've talked about so far? Oh, man, I think that as coaches, I think that we're, we're, we, we kind of feel, we kind of define coaching as acquiring knowledge around the tech-tax side. And we kind of ignore at times the psychosocial side, as I was alluding to earlier. And so we don't pick up the, the, the ability to manage people. And I, I really think that we are socialised into, I've got this knowledge, I've got to tell my players what to do. And actually, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, coaching is more facilitation than prescription. And I think as a coach, we have to be better at facilitating and co-creating solutions, asking the right questions, you know, sitting down with players and, and, and actually being more of a servant leader, sharing power, rather than I've got this information and I'm, I'm top-down, there's this top-down leadership. It's, I'm actually going to... A real example of this is Gareth Southgate, you know, coming from England, we celebrated, you know, England's success. They overperformed oh, that's in the a summer, gr- I mean, that's know. I mean, if you're getting the top four... Yeah, exactly. I believed it was coming home. Yeah. I believed it was coming home. <laughs> well, I, even I did for a bit, and I'm quite, I have an English scepticism running through me. And, and, you know, but what Gareth Southgate was really good, I know some people on the inside, and the conversations that were happening were very much this servant leadership. It wasn't, it wasn't that notion of, I'm Gareth Southgate, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to educate you players. It was very much, we're going to sit around the table and we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation about what we're strong at, what we're good at, you know, sharing strengths. And he even got a Sabutio table out, put the little characters down, set up a bit of shape work, showed the players how Colombia might set up and how Sweden might set up, put them in a situation. And rather than telling them what the solutions were, he was like, what do you think the solutions are here? So it's having great conversations. It's actually sharing power, putting others first, and actually trusting, empowering players and trusting players to come up with their solution. But when you do that, get this guys when you do that then you can hold them accountable yeah if they've come up with their solutions now you can hold them accountable i think that's i think like you said i think that's one of the hardest things for coaches to do because it requires them to relinquish power and it requires them to be vulnerable absolutely and that's i think a really tough thing for a coach to do because it's especially with all of us it's our jobs it's one of those things where if especially at certain levels if you're not winning you're not being successful you're you're not going to have a job in a year and so i think that that is one of the most difficult things but like you said the cost benefit of that normally is is something that turns out really well because by relinquishing that power you get players that are really invested in the things that they just helped with and you know what if i may say you've made a really really good point there it's it is scary it is frightening that notion of relinquishing power but if i may say and this is something i i introduced to the in my presentation yesterday it's a misunderstanding how motivation works. 
okay motivation isn't just a case of um, motivation is high or motivation is low motivation is multi-dimensional and what's very important for coaches to do is to have the capability to tap into intrinsic motivation whereby it's not so much that you motivate the players it's that you help players motivate themselves and at the heart of intrinsic motivation are three words interest enjoyment and meaning when you tap into interest enjoyment and meaning that is so much your players will fight for you if you help them have fun during during training and what i'm not saying is that it's 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 all so much of a laugh and it's ridiculous they will have fun when they have it when they're sweating they will have fun when you make it challenging when you stretch them okay uh interesting as in you take you 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 spend some time helping a player get to the bottom of their game and meaning as well. You know, here's a striker, that striker wants to score goals. How are you going to score goals? I'm going to help you. I'm going to put some meaning behind that. We're going to work on your runs, your movement, etc. That's more intrinsic motivation. So that's such an important thing to understand. This extrinsic motivation, this, this command, sort of controlling motivation is extrinsic where you're saying to players, you've got to be this way, you're kind of bullying them into it, that just doesn't work anymore. No, because it's not long-term. It it might be a short-term solution, but it definitely won't last. You've mentioned quite a few of them, but what are some ways that you can build this into your everyday life as a coach, for a college coach, for a club coach, for a high school coach? What are some ways that you can build in this social psych stuff that maybe is more concrete that we can that I could use or any other coach could use. Let me give you a few ideas that I mentioned yesterday. So I think psych social coaches. Don't get me wrong here. I think social psych social coaches have to be fantastic in their coaching practice. They have to be, you know, brilliant with their teaching if they're teaching in a directive manner. But they have to help players learn. There's a difference between teaching and learning. And I think that when we teach, we're not necessarily players don't necessarily learn. And, and I think there's lots of little funky ways that you can make sure that you're doing that. So if you're, if you're making a coaching point, check for understanding. Check for, you may have to slow play down. You may have to slow the activity down, but it's okay. Check for understanding. Cold call. To be able to engage players, engage in an activity called, or a technique called cold calling, which is you're just going to pick a random player and you're going to say, what, did I, what coaching point did I just make there? Can you reflect it back to me in, my, in, in your own words? So you're keeping them on, on their toes players hate that yeah but when you keep them on their toes you engage them you know here's another idea and this is very much based on autonomy supportive coaching get players talking get players talking you know rather than you produce the behavioral boundaries within your coaching cultures get your players to produce their own behavior behavioral boundaries sit them in a in a class and say how do you guys want to behave? What are your boundaries? And again, then hold them accountable for that. Um, get players talking about their high performances. You know, something I do with teams back in England is if we get, say, a defensive unit together. And it's again, it's so easy for coaches to say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to defend this way. Often the players have solutions themselves. So what about if you've got two, a centre-back pairing of, say, I don't know, Kelly and Mary? And you say to Kelly, Kelly, tell me about what you experience when Mary's defending really well. Tell me about when Mary is on fire. What do you experience? You know, what are the clues and the cues and the triggers that, 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 that Mary's doing that you want to reinforce to her? And vice versa, Mary talk to Kelly. When you get players talking amongst themselves, that's really powerful. Because, because they, will, they, they will actually, they, 
they will find those clues that they can then use on match day to, to, to reinforce and then reproduce. What do you, like for a coach that's coaching a team that is maybe struggling to get them to talk or to get them to communicate, what's maybe some things that that coach could do, he or she, to bring that more out of players? I, I imagine that's probably a difficult thing that a lot of coaches run into. Oh, no, absolutely. I have that conversation all the time. And you know what? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a very dull thing here, but the reality is this is kind of the process you've got to go through, especially with millennial players now. Yeah. And, that, and that's... The reality is, is you, for me, you've got to sit them down, probably in small groups again, and you've got to help them structure what that communication might look like to begin with. If they're not going to vocalise, you've got to. So again, let's take our defensive unit again. You might ask, you might ask them what kind of communication they want to have, what kind of words they might use yeah. given certain situations. If we go a goal down, if we're a goal up, if we're having a, a passage of momentum against... What kind of words and sentences and phrases do we need to do we need to communicate across our defensive unit and into the midfield? And and how are we going to hold each other accountable to do that? So it's very boring and it's very dull, but start that in terms of structuring it and then hold them accountable to do that in your next practice. Okay? Yeah. I want to hear that. And then just be, you know what? Ask for permission to be tough on that. So often we're tough on performance and tolerant on mindset tolerant on communication say you know what I'm going to be tolerant on your on your performance but I'm going to be really I want permission to be really tough on this communication you've told me you've articulated what that communication is going to be now I want to see it now I want to hear it get get the structure put it into the practice insist on it demand it be tough on it and get them to reproduce it. Uh, to be honest, that's probably a mistake that I've made in the past. I never really thought about it that way where, again, when you get, especially at the college level, you're getting kids from all different types of locations, things like that. The, the phrases that I use defensively, and maybe especially for the freshmen that are coming in, like, getting them to sit down and understand, all right, what, like when someone is running across your right shoulder as a defensive center mid, what do you want to hear the center back saying to you? When we're trying to get to the right side, what what's the when what? How are you going to understand it? I'm never. I, I, to be honest, I, that's definitely a mistake I've made in the past. Because it's like we're going to do it. You're going to say it this way. You're going to say it. But that night might not be familiar or comfortable or, or easy for them to do. And there's probably an easy, comfortable, familiar way for them to do it the exact same way. And it just make it easier on them to transition. Well, if I may say, I think the familiar and comfortable way for a coach to do it is to he or she will give those players the words that he or she wants them to use yeah. or has used in the past. But that, again, you're coming up with that solution. You're coming off the top of your brain. You need to take their perspective. You need to give them the opportunity to brainstorm. Yeah, and I think that, and honestly, I think that that's something that the things that I found that have been the most profound, especially for me this weekend. We went to a symposium a few weekends ago. Yeah. And those are the types of things where, again, tactically, like, I watch soccer all the time. I'm definitely not a tactic genius by any means, but I watch a lot of soccer. I communicate with a lot of people on the soccer aspect. Those are here okay they know far more about football than i do far more about soccer than i do this is really really good stuff however i'm skeptical here that the players are actually learning are they actually processing this information so here's an idea to do with spacing and variability do if you've got 15 minutes to do tactical work do seven and a half minutes where you're teaching them the tactical work right seven and a half minutes and then take them away take them away from that tactical work and go and do say five seven minutes of a keep ball or small sided game 
get some water, bring them back. And as they're coming back over, say to them, right, we're going to do another seven and a half minute of that tactical work. This time now, I'm not going to tell you what it was. I'm not going to remind you. I'm going to test you on that tactical stuff that we did for that seven and a half minutes. Okay. And you might add a bit of a consequence there if you don't. So what's happening there is they're having some water and they're walking back onto the pitch. They're having to think about what they did for that seven and a half minutes. They're having to really think about it, process it. Okay. So what you're doing is I'm going to give you a horrendous word here. You are setting up a situation for something called synaptogenesis. What is synaptogenesis? It's the things that fire. It's the neuronal pathways that fire. It's the process that's firing so that you're wiring up your brain that is actually the learning element here. Because players are having to think, right, we've got to go back on that pitch. We've got to do this bit of shape work. Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So it's variability and spacing. Don't cluster it all in one go. Give it to them. Take them away. They come back. They've got to think about it. Test them. See how that yeah. goes. Well, how many times do you, I'm sure you've probably seen and heard this multiple times. I've probably heard it over the last few weeks when I'm talking with coaches. are like, oh, yeah, like I was doing this drill in the session and we weren't getting it, so I kept doing it until we figured it out. And like, I feel like doing something like that you're talking about where it's like, they're actually going to learn a lot faster like in terms of the grand scheme of time yep. and you're not going to waste time you're not going to sit there and absolutely waste time uh like just going and knocking your head against a wall knocking your head against a wall hoping you eventually go through i, I think that that's something that's really cool because i mean what's the it's the things that we the, you learn that everyone learns differently but one of the best ways you learn is by ha- like one having to recall and perform um, but the other thing is by talking to others and teaching it to others as well. And so it's really cool. Like, I, I never would have thought of doing something like that. And the funny thing is, I guarantee you, hey, I'm going to definitely do it next year. I guarantee you the first time we do it, my players are going to be like, what the heck are we doing? Like, we just did, we were going to another one and then we're coming back to this. I, I'm sure initially there's going to be like some what, what are we doing type things. But I think long term, if you really implement that and instill that, and I, I think there's, I, it's an awesome, I, I would have never thought about it. It's really cool. You know, you've got to be bold. You've got to be brave as a coach. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it really is that case that there is a difference between teaching and learning. The teaching happens in the moment. The learning happens after it. They are, they are, they are similar and separate skills. It's, yep. that, it's that coaching process is teaching and learning. And you've got to have a skill set to be able to teach effectively, whether that's in a directive or a non-directive way. But then you've also got to have a skill set that's going to help players to learn. You've got to consider that. And you know what? To help you feel better is some of the best coaches in the world, some of the best managers in the world in the Premier League and then probably in other leagues. Don't do this. They don't do this. They feel what makes them feel comfortable is, well, I've got this information over. Now it's up to the player. Now it's up to the player to go and do this. No, it is not up to the player it is up to you to help your players learn okay that is what we call in psychology locus of control it's control of control it's i am going to be responsible for these players as well as creating a culture whereby you help players be responsible for themselves yep well one of the first bosses i ever had was actually a marine and i remember i'm it was my ga i was 22 or 23 years old when i started and he we like we we played a game we had taught we thought we had taught it effectively we went through it they came out, we performed poorly. Yep. And I remember him coming after, he was like, why did we perform poorly? I was like, well, the kids just played bad. Like, he's not like, but why did that happen? And I was like, 
I, they didn't understand. He's like, why did that happen? And like, he kept asking why, and I'm sitting there, I was like, I wanted to strangle him. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So what you've just described there, I'm going to give you another horrible psychology world. It's called inference cha- training. So what that's about, you, he did that brilliantly there. You know, it's why, 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 why. You might have to ask five whys until you really get to, and you know what it always comes back to is either if it's a player, it's something deep and meaningful, or if it's a coach, just you haven't done your job well enough. Yep. I know that sounds brutal, but you just haven't done your job well enough. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, it really is tough because it's it and a lot, a lot of this stuff requires you to be really self-aware, really vulnerable to Absolutely. make ma- or to admit that you make mistakes yeah. sometimes. I always say coaching is one of the toughest hobbies or professions in the world <laughs> yeah. because you're dealing. There's a whole host of reasons why, but you know it, the centrality behind that is you're dealing with different players' wants, needs, hopes, doubts, beliefs. People are complex. You know, in many respects, soccer is complicated and people are complex. There's a difference between complicated and complex. Soccer is complicated in as much as there's a statistic I read that, uh, you know, any one time on a pitch there's three billion options going on, okay? But people are complex, okay, so soccer is hard, but people are complex. They work at different levels. You've got the biological level, the psychological level, the social level. So it is tough. So let me be clear here. Coaches have to forgive themselves, you know. It, 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 It is a tough, challenging hobby or profession to do you know it's okay to get it wrong leave yourself vulnerable and and just take time to reflect and think about just just every single day just nudge just nudge a little bit forward just a 0.01 percent better what could have i what could i have done a little bit better today what am i going to do a bit better tomorrow just just be kind on yourself get that balance between tolerance on self and toughness on self. yeah no and again i think the, the cool thing about what you're doing when you come and pre- how many years have you been presenting here but well you know what? I'm in my third year so not not loads and loads of yeah. years but I, I, it's so brilliant to come back and uh, yeah yeah so third year and I'm looking forward to doing more yeah I mean like and again we really appreciate you guys we have to get you on to do a full show like we do every Monday like we do an actual full show we do an hour where we sit down and we talk to you through your story and everything like that we have to get you out here and nah, do a full do show this could be the the trailer for the full show that we get to do eventually because you I mean and again, it's it's been so cool to be able to talk to you and really get to know you for a little bit. And we really appreciate your time. If people want to get a hold of you, want to learn more about you, things like that, how can they get a hold of you? Either through Twitter, through e- like through website, different things like that. Absolutely. So my website, very simply, is danabrahams.com. I'll give you my soccer Twitter because I've got about 45 different Twitter <laughs> accounts for the different sports that I do. But um, the soccer one is danabraham77, giving away my age there, uh, at danabraham77. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know what, may I um, uh, give your uh, listeners an offer for my soccer Absolutely. Academy? Gosh, yeah. Oh, my so, God, that's awesome. So any listeners that you've got of, of this fantastic soccer chat podcast um listen uh so uh, of plan one of my uh, membership academy okay uh a three month uh, a three month trial uh you can have 75 percent off um and for a uh, 12 uh 12 month membership you can have 50 percent off oh, that's oh, amazing huge, that is awesome. huge mongous uh, i'm killing <laughs> i'm t- killing myself now i'm killing myself but you know i'd love to have some of your listeners uh, experience it there's over 100 videos on it so and i'm going to put the presentations I, i've done this week on it as well the audio with some animation that's awesome so if you hear this and you gotta you gotta contact dan arams and you gotta say that you heard him on soccer chat and uh, he'll hook you up but again 
so cool that you came by. I mean, me and when Sean sent me this text, we, I was like, I don't remember exactly what I said to him, but it was, it was something pretty. I was really excited. Well, I'm looking forward for my five thousand dollars in five years. Dude, it's getting there. It's a guess. <laughs> that comes from the Rizzo account. And in, in in small small increments over the next five years. I jest. It's been guys. <laughs> it's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me on. apologize one more time for like not letting you ask a single question you don't you don't need to apologize for that i'm, I'm sure people and I i'm sh- i'm very sure that people who are listening to us right now enjoy it when you do that <laughs> no, but he was so much fun man i think i think I, we we talked about this after speaking with him at convention where the coolest thing about guys like him and, and females like him that are as smart as they are is they find ways to dumb it down for the common folk like us. Yeah. Like there was never a time that I felt during the conversation that he was like, he was sincerely trying to talk in a way that we could listen to. And you don't get that with everyone that's accomplished as much as he has and is co- like, has worked with the people that he's been able to work with. You, you, you sometimes get this like, sense of like where they want you to feel that they're smart and he i think my favorite part about him was at no point did i feel like he was trying to make us feel that he was smart. he's just a smart guy and he was trying to find a way to convey his message in a way that we could understand yeah you you just took the words out out from my mouth like he made psychology very easy to understand and I, I found myself sitting back being like, man, like I wish my professors and high school psychology teachers like could do it the way he did. And I, it made me, I, I searched a little bit too. I, I have a uh, uh, student who is a golfer and was telling me about how uh, they had just moved uh, to our area uh, from another state. And they were talking about, they had a really good freshman year uh, and then their sophomore year kind of, they just like psyched themselves out in the head. And I was like, man, like you need to check out Dan Abrams. And because I remember him talking about like being a golfer uh, and that's such a mental game. And I, I think, you know, I, I don't, I never really knew how much work he had done. Like I see uh, a lot of people tweet about him or, or retweet his tweets. And so it kind of made me I'd go through and do my research beforehand and was like, holy cow, like we had Dan Abrams on the show. Um, and the great, like he reached out to us like, Hey guys, I'd love to stop by and chat with you. Um, but I think, I I feel like he's somebody that man, like, could you imagine him on a much like bigger level, like working with your, like imagine him working for the U S national program as some type of like mental coach or something like the, like the, the things that that guy could do for us. Yeah, no, I mean like it's. It, it, there's a lot of things that we probably need to fix, but that's that's one of the things that like he could definitely take care of that would make it a lot easier on a lot of us. He needs to definitely check out Maurizio Sari and yeah. be like, <laughs> the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting the same result. Yeah, dude, you, <sighs> I feel, that's it's a rough go right now over at Chelsea. Well, if the uh, the reports are true, we got Zidane coming with two hundred million to spin. I'll be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, the cool thing about Dan, 
you know, like we said, just the way he, he conveyed his message, you know, didn't talk over us and, you know, was, was so kind and, 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 uh, was like, you're like, you, you, what you would expect from a, from a good British guy, you know, had some jokes, was, was funny. Uh, and, and just the way he spoke was so, was so well done. Uh, we, we definitely suggest, I, I would reach out to Nick if I were you guys, if you want to know more about his books, uh, Nick could definitely tell you a little bit more about that. And speaking of books, uh, I'm going to call out Jess Nash real quick. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Do what? I thought that was hilarious that she, uh, she So there's this book challenge. I don't, I don't even know what the, if it's called like a book challenge or whatever it is. Um, but the thing is you got to post for seven days, a cover of the book, no explanation, no caption, whatever, just a picture of a book cover. And I've been seeing it like a lot of my friends have been doing it and getting called out and like doing it themselves. And the whole time I'm just like, nobody call me out. No one, no one, no one, no one. And so I started seeing like the names of people that were, that were getting called out. I was just like, Oh, I'm not, I'm nowhere near the level of those people. So I'm not going to get, uh, I'm not going to get roped into this one. And then Jess Nash, you foul human being, you, you had to call me out. So what I have done is uh, since this is Thursday, if you're listening to this or if it's afterwards, you've already seen it. I am posting a picture of a book with me in it because I want to prove to people that I do actually own a book. Which book is that? Uh, Leading with the Heart by Mike Krzyzewski. That's a great book. It's a fantastic book. It was like the first, like uh, my, my mother got it for me when I was a very young kid. Uh, got it for me um, while well, I was very getting active in like student council and student leadership type stuff as a, as a kid. Uh, so that's going to be my first choice. And like I said, I feel like I need to display myself with it so I can prove that I do own a book. Cause I think people out there, cause you and I talk a lot that we don't read. Um, well, I mean, you just kind of admit you read dance books, but uh, I just feel like I, I need to let it be known that I am reading a book. I think I think that's a good start, John. I, I, that's why I replied. I think the thing I I put a gift that said I can't read on yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just like, how you, I really thought I was going to avoid that challenge. But if there's no, so just... many people doing it within our network. There was no way you were going to avoid it. Has anybody has anybody got you on it? Yeah, I didn't. Re- I, just, I just ignored it. I got oh, that's what I should have done. I called it. I got called out by two people. <laughs> I ignored both of them. Oh, that's what I should have done. And I actually, I have like, I have, like right next to me. I think I have, I have a bookshelf in my house with, I don't know, I'd say like 120 books. Dang. But I, uh, well, I was, I, I had to think like, I think I'm pretty sure in our house now, since we just moved in, and I, I still have like two boxes to unpack. Um, I think I've got, three books with me. Um, I know a lot of my, my books have never really left my mom's house. Um, but I know I've got three books here at the house with me. Uh, only one of them is soccer related. Um, so I'll definitely like post those three in the next coming days. Cause I've got them. <laughs> I've got them here. Um, what's a, uh, what, what's a book that's non soccer related that you would post that you've read in your, if you would have accepted the challenge when two people called you out. Oh, I have a lot. Um, I think Grit, Angela Duckworth is really good. Um, I like 
There's a book, Relentless, by Tim Grover. You would like that one, actually. Um, uh, there's, like, it, it's it's essentially the guy, he, he, like, kind of carved out a profession for himself. Um, he was, like, the mental strength coach for Michael Jordan, D. Wade, and Kobe Bryant. And he has, like, stories about, like, um, like his experiences with, like, Charles Barkley and just, like, all these hyper-competitive people. Yeah. Um, so that one, that one's pretty good. I actually really like uh, it's it's called Quiet. It's by Susan Kane. It's like it's, it talks about like the power of introverts, um, and just like how you can utilize them. And and for me, it was really useful because like every team, you have your really outspoken people, but you also have your people that are a little bit more introverted and quiet. And so like kind of how you can utilize them in really positive ways and find ways to use their strengths. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. I have a lot. One of, mine, uh, one of mine that I do remember reading that I know is at my uh, my mom's house is uh, Training a Tiger by Earl Woods. I was actually, I, I did a book report on that in junior high, I believe. That would be good. Um, yeah, no, like uh, Carol Dweck mindset, I think everyone does. Dan Pink has some good stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you are, you are more the uh, the book guy than I am. Um, any, uh, any big thoughts you kind of, you want to leave anybody with going out of this week? No, I mean, like I, any shout outs or like just random stuff. I, I noticed in your video answer, you posted, you were wearing a gray hoodie. Yes. The gray hoodie has been like the thing, this, this 2019 for you. Yeah, no, it's a uh, new year, new me. Um, no, yeah, no shout outs. Um, we, we'll give one more to, uh, the puppy Oni's out there. Manya just had surgery on her labrum in her hip and so we're wishing wishing them all the best of luck and hope that well like recovery goes well oh yeah and um our girls over at duke dig our women women over at duke dig oh my gosh i did it damn it i was i was hoping to avoid being the one um but yeah no uh tiffany signing her contract just got a big contract so follow the the team over there it's uh, we're excited to See how that goes. And that's uh, how everybody liked our tweet about that, except for her. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe she doesn't have access over there. That's why you're not answering our text messages. Um, yeah, no. Um, trying to think of any other shout outs. Uh, I'm gonna in a week. I'm gonna be in. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be in Columbia. So. And we hope that you don't die. So I need to. I got to get on the lookout and find somebody to uh, to fill in for you. Do you have any request of who who I should get in to 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 fill in? I think I think you should see if John Denham can guest host. <laughs> okay, dude, he has like he used to announce all of our games for Loris back in the day, and dude, dude has a voice like yours, like one that like you enjoy people enjoy listening to. Okay, okay. Uh, anybody uh, see? So John's got the voice. What about like entertainment value? Oh, entertainment value. Trying to think. Um, oh, who would be good? I'm trying to think if there's anyone we haven't had on yet that I think. I think actually no. I think this would be a fun one. I think. Oh gosh. I don't know. I'm going back and forth now. Uh, give me ten seconds. I think. Seven, six, five, four, three two one okay i think you gotta go with it wasn't fast enough um 
Actually, no, I got one. I got one. I got one. Go Joe Sagar. I think he'd be a funny. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I I, I don't know if you're ready for that one, but like that. I don't think I am, but I will I will reach out to Joe and John and uh, see what we can come up with. Problem is what Joe may like Joe may become the the actual host of the show and we won't be doing it anymore. Yeah, no, people like him more. <laughs> he's a lot more entertaining to listen to and the things that he says are a lot more entertaining i think i, I think i mentioned it on here I, I think he said something to you too about uh uh last time we were talking about him he happened to be in the gym at his school and was listening to soccer chat on the loudspeakers and uh we mentioned his name and people turn around and like was looking at him like is that you they're talking about and he was like yeah yeah uh, yeah mate uh so whatever we can do to help make joe sager an even bigger celebrity than what he is but uh you know we want to thank you guys for listening every single week of course you're getting it for free from the good folks at social media for the high school athletes check them out online socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media at hs social media also big shout out to the duke duke brand uh make sure we are members of the fc with them so check out their products we'll give you a code here pretty soon where you can get a nice discount on those fantastic items big shout out to the homies at torex i don't know why we forgot to shout them out for the last couple weeks uh the greatest soccer coaching accessory you can buy right now besides ductic brand is torex you got to check out their ball pump it's absolutely amazing if you want to see it in person and how it works go to our facebook page check out the video that we did when we uh interviewed the puppyonis and the folks from torex you can watch live how a torex works why it's amazing go check it out it's well worth your money and your time so shout out to team torex if you're on team torex make sure to let them know we said what up also make sure to uh, support us just the way you guys are sharing these links out for the shows every single week tagging your friends letting them get involved start the conversation bring it up with them and join the conversation every single wednesday night at 9 30 p.m eastern time because it's been incredible just the conversations that we've had the last few weeks uh, and then months even actually as well uh you can join that by just following the hashtag soccer chat or go on at chat soccer no e so that's s-o-c-c-r so that way you can make sure to follow along every single wednesday night you can also hit that nice little it looks like a, a it's not a doorbell but it's a bell and that gives you a notification every time Soccer Chat pops up with something. You're going to get a nice little notification letting you know that Soccer Chat is going on. Wow, what a week it's been. Nick, if somebody wants to reach you on the Twitter, how can they do so? At Coach Enrizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at Coach Soderling. Wow, another week. We have made it so far. Man, we're almost at 100 episodes. This is incredible. We're getting He's, we, we are getting very, very close. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about all this is that we get to do it again next week. Nick, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, brother. Phipps keeps asking me, how many Hail Marys have you said? I'm like, none. I'm not, I'm more I'm more pissed about Paul George's shoes. <laughs> that that jerk. Let me tell you about that jerk. So I his shoes come out. I'm like, man, like those are some pretty cool shoes. Like I I think about getting those. Well, then he like demands leave Indiana. I'm like, man, those shoes are horrible. I would never wear those ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and then what shoe was Zion wearing tonight? Paul George's shoes. Son of a bitch. God. That's gonna be the extra for this yeah. one.